You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Today, we are chatting about side hustles, and we've had a few listener requests to know more about what what we have going on as entrepreneurial ladies, Mm. which I think we both are. So there's a lot of side hustling in general going on these days, and it's like you especially see it on social media, but it's not always clear how much work is going into something or how people started or whether or not they're really making money. Mm -hmm. So I thought this would be fun to get into and talk about how we side hustle, whether we make any money, and what advice we have. But first, you brought a snack for us. I did. Okay, now I'm forgetting the brand because we don't have the bag right in front of us. Should probably... Good grab, Kelsey. Snack factory. I couldn't remember if it was pretzel factory or... Okay, so (laughs) these are um, snack factory pretzel crisps. They're like thin pretzel chips, Mm -hmm. and they are the buffalo wing flavor. Had never seen this before. And they're so yummy, I feel like, when you need a salty, savory snack. Yes. Okay, cheers. Cheers. (laughs) I will will hit my one pretzel to your dish. Mmm. Crunchy noises. Aren't they good? Mm. I especially like to dip them in the mm. Laughing Cow Cheese Wedges. Oh, yes. A creamy cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, these are really good. All right. So first, tell me about the side hustles you've had and the ones you have going on now. Were, are they profitable just for fun? Aspirationally profitable? <laughs> tell me. Tell me what's going on. Uh, This is so hard for me because I feel like the work, I feel like my whole life is a side hustle. Like being someone who has some creative things that she Mm -hmm. wants to do and writing and Mm -hmm. podcasting and then um, the business now and then momming. It just feels like everything Uh is a side, which is actually probably a profound point Mm, Yeah, that you kind of have to decide what your main hustle is Mm. and you can't, everything will end up suffering if you turn everything into a side hustle. Right, right. If everything's on the side. It just dawned on me. You're welcome, listeners. Wisdom. Um, And I feel like, okay, in terms of profitability, uh, one thing I will say is the work going in, especially at the beginning of Mm -hmm. any side hustle, whether it's completely a startup of your own, whether you're doing direct sales, whether Mm -hmm. you're, you know, working with somebody else, the work going in will always feel like more than the compensation, no yeah. matter how much you're making. Yeah. I mean, unless you... Just that that curve, you know, you got to yeah, put it's, in, put so in. So it's, it's hard to even almost say if something is profitable yeah. or not yet, because if you take time and opportunity cost mm-hmm. invested into right. it as well, it's always like this thing where, yeah, this will eventually make... Mm-hmm. extra money but right now it's a lot of extra work and a mm-hmm. little bit of extra money right so right i don't know mm-hmm. but obviously the podcast yeah. is a major side hustle of yeah. ours which we were literally doing at bedtime and yeah. whatever forever now yes. we've carved out a little more time for it but yep. um you know and some of you may notice we have just now started to make a little bit of money with it mm-hmm. doing um working with some sponsorship some opportunities mm-hmm. and some companies we feel good working with and our audio classes yep that we charge for um but yeah, I again, it's like you put so much into it. It's mm-hmm. it's almost like with the podcast in particular, I think you feel this way too. It's all of that is a bonus. Mm-hmm. Like we would do this anyways and we right. love the platform and maybe the platform would lead to something else, mm-hmm. but it's more 
it has to be the right fit because it's like, that's just mm-hmm. cherry on top because right. we love what we're doing mm-hmm. so much and kind of maybe again, a deeper point that side hustles, you kind of have to love them because right. you're going to put a lot of work in that will detract from other mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and it has to be a passion of yours. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now I am doing Senegens. I'm a Senegens distributor mm-hmm. and a team leader. So I have like 18 girls on my team wow. now that are doing it with me and building okay. their businesses. And talk, talk through what all that means for people who might be new listeners um, or who don't. Okay. Really so if know you've never that. done direct sales before, all it means is that I make money from selling products directly. Okay. So profit on products. And then I also um, get paid a commission from the company mm-hmm. for people that sign up with me gotcha. so that are on my team in in exchange for me leading them, mentoring mm-hmm. them, making sure they're all set and whatever. And I have to meet certain minimum requirements myself mm-hmm. as a leader before I can, gotcha. you know, I'm not collecting anything from the person. The mm-hmm. company is right. reimbursing okay. me that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, and with that too, it's so hard because now I've been doing it a year mm-hmm. and it had definitely has contributed financially. Like mm-hmm. we, um, and this is makeup and skincare, yes, just yes. for anyone Anti-aging who doesn't know. Anti-aging makeup and skincare. Lip Sense is our main okay. product. And then we have a full line of long-lasting makeup and anti-aging skincare, which I love. Mm-hmm. Some of it even more than the Lip Sense, mm-hmm. believe it or not. But I, um, it's definitely contributed. Like we my commission card from my, you know, from my team, the, the compensation from commissions was our spending money for vacation. Mm, that and feels so good. a few hundred bucks that was, you know, yeah. something that didn't have to come out of our regular mm-hmm. budget. So it's at that point, but again, the work that I've put in yeah. is like, it's not quite profitable yet, but we're turning that corner, mm. which I think that all businesses do. And mm-hmm. I think can be, um, misleading with a side hustle especially direct sales because Mm -hmm. it can be simple it can look simple Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it can look easy Mm. um and it's not it's still a lot of work Mm -hmm. and it's still especially to produce any quality content social media um be proud of how you're doing it Mm -hmm. because there's crappy ways to do it and good ways to do it all that customer service yeah and so i feel like sometimes um especially with direct sales it's like everyone thinks it's a get rich quick scheme Mm -hmm. instead of just if you're gonna if you want to do it and you're passionate about it and you want to make it a legit side hustle, just know that you're going to put your investment on the front end financially mm-hmm. um, time-wise is going to be a little bit mm-hmm. for you to see a turnaround mm-hmm. where you're making a true profit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I would say about profitability mm-hmm. and what I have going on okay. right now. Okay. So let's see. I will kind of start back from things that I'm not doing anymore, but that definitely have taught me some things. So one is copper quail style mm-hmm. that I talked about just within the past couple of years on the podcast. This is a, a still a still active and very much open for business apparel and home decor company that I started with a good friend here in Gilbert. Um, I kind of had seen people wearing basically cute shirts, like being proud about living in Phoenix, like saying Phoenician Mm -hmm. or something, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of some Arizona pride, but some more specific, you know, city pride. And I love living in Gilbert. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, hey, I would like to wear like a Gilbert themed shirt. So I thought probably other people would too. And my good friend kind of agreed with me. So we just kind of, you know, over some conversations, we're both excited about it, willing to kind of try. Um, So yeah, that was something I was involved in for probably a little bit less than a year. It 
ended up just being too much work on the side of everything I already had going on. Um, But I did learn a ton. I think one of which was that I don't love selling physical product. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Just compared to the other things I was doing, Mm -hmm. producing creative content, and I think just having much more control over it. Mm -hmm. Like with physical product, at least in the situation that we were in, you know, you're kind of having to, there's so many moving parts, like the designer, the creating of the parts, where and how you're going to sell it, Mm -hmm. like the customers, all of these things. And so it was just very eye-opening for me of how much autonomy I really have in my writing and the podcasting and just that that, is a more comfortable place and just gives me the flexibility that at least at that time, that's what I needed in my life. Um, But I kind of went into it, you know, just went into it as this is going to be an experiment. And if nothing else, I know I will learn a lot. And Mm -hmm. I did. So for me, it's Mm -hmm. totally successful. And I'm so thrilled that my friend is still, like, I'm so glad that it exists in the world. So I'm so glad it's still going on. And your creativity still lended you know, yeah. that there's beautiful products in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, yeah. So even though I'm not part of it, it doesn't feel failed at all yeah. to me. So, um, um, and that was, that was probably at the time that I was involved, like making some money, but kind of like you were saying, you have to do so much reinvestment. Yes. I, I don't think it was at the profitability, but again, right. like I do think those things just take time, effort, yeah. like years, and you know, to even learn how to reinvest wisely yeah. and where to reinvest. Exactly. That, that's all a exactly. learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have also done some freelance writing and editing that I had started in kind of early 2017. And the really cool thing about that is that it came directly from someone that had been reading my blog for a long time, Yeah, which I'll talk about my blog a little bit, but my blog is just something, a creative outlet, a way that I keep up my writing practice. Mm -hmm. And so just very cool, very satisfying Mm -hmm. to have an opportunity like, like that, like that's kind of what almost you hope is like, okay, I'm showing that I can show up that I can write. And so I was able like through her, um, she has her own kind of copywriting, copy editing business. And so I was able to do some work um, for her and also do some editing of some books and manuscripts. And it, I learned a ton again, just kind of demystified some of that kind of world for yeah. me and showed mm-hmm. me kind of what you need to do it. Um, it was profitable, like the money is pretty good, but it does require a lot of time. Right. And so I think, kind of, again, like you were saying, it was really worth it. And I was able to to make money. And I'm trying to think like there were a few things like I was able to put, I think a thousand dollars into our savings account. And Mm then I was able to, to like use some of that money to, to like make purchases or do things with that just felt very satisfying that like, this Mm -hmm. is extra money that, that, you know, I made based on my own creative talent. So that's very cool. Um, But again, just kind of the time requirement Mm -hmm. and kind of at this point, I love knowing that those opportunities are out there and kind of getting a little bit of the benchmark of what I can charge and what Mm -hmm. the rates are. At this point, I'm not yet sure how much time I want to spend on other people's content Mm -hmm. when I really want to be investing in my own things burning in your pocket. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So then blogging is another side hustle that I've had. I started 
January 1st of 2011, which like that's starting to be a long time Mm -hmm. ago now. (laughs) Um, I originally started it just as a creative outlet just for fun. I was in a job that was not creative, that I wasn't loving. Mm -hmm. I was reading lots of blogs. So I just kind of thought it would be fun to have one of those. Um, I'm still keeping it up, you know, with some consistency, not anything like specific days, but it is just for me, it's my writing practice. It's my portfolio. I think it shows that I can write about the topics that I would love to be paid to write about. Uh And it's a place that someone can go and see like, okay, this person knows how to show up, knows how to produce, knows how to write pretty well. You know, I try to, um, I don't take, take it too seriously but you know I try to make sure things are pretty error free things Mm -hmm. like that so for me it's just it's a it's a portfolio um it's not profitable in any way and and I've also just never had a lot of interest in getting paid Mm -hmm. on my blog like the I think the sponsorships the clicks all that stuff has just seemed like more trouble than it's worth Mm -hmm. and for what I could make like for what audience I have so um I really see it as a way to engage with readers who I think could be interested in buying my future books or writing mm-hmm. or listening to podcasts yes. that I produce. So, um, and then finally podcasting, mm-hmm. um, we started this, I think it was January, 2014, mm-hmm. which is also starting to feel like a I long know. time ago now. It's really crazy. Um, we're going to have our five year anniversary. Yes. soon. We're going to do something big for I that. Know. I think we better do a little something. We better start planning. <laughs> um, and kind of like you mentioned, we are making a little money on the podcast. Luckily, it's there's pretty low overhead yeah. <laughs> for podcasting. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool thing about uh-huh. it. Um, we some we often use Amazon affiliate links and we get a little bit mm-hmm. of money through that. People might not know. We occasionally run ads as you talked about. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something that as we're going to have a little more bandwidth this year, yeah. we're kind of interested in exploring what that looks like. Yeah, for just us. opportunities mm-hmm. and things of of growing this show. And I also have a podcast with Chris Matrimony that's a little less consistent, <laughs> a little more by the seat of our pants. Um, but yeah, just uh, kind of thinking about growing the audiences and mm-hmm. what are the opportunities to possibly get paid just because we do put in a lot of time and effort right. as fun as it is. Right. We are putting right. a lot of time and effort that uh, people seem to value. Yeah. So a big challenge of the side hustle is that it is on the side. <laughs> it has to happen outside of your other commitments mm-hmm. like family, maybe even a full-time job. So how have you found the time to invest in your side hustles? Well, I think that word invest is key. Mm. Uh, as we record this right now, mm-hmm. it is a Monday. Mm-hmm. It is summertime. Yep. My kids are home mm-hmm. full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't do any really camps or anything this summer. And so I lined up our favorite babysitter for every Monday for as long as I need her, basically. So she that. got to my house at 11 o'clock this morning because mm-hmm. we had some other stuff going on this morning. And then my husband will relieve her and I will be working till whenever I want to work. So we are recording just to demystify things a little bit, we are recording two episodes today. Mm-hmm. And then I have all my lip sync stuff with me, mm-hmm. my computer to work on social media posts and following up with people for demos and things. And mm-hmm. I will be doing that from a coffee shop after I leave you. Gotcha. So yeah. that's one way is I knew this summer there was no way without a dedicated time yeah. that I would be able to keep things floating, mm-hmm. um, especially with Senegens. And it's just, yeah, I need to be able to get back to customers. Mm-hmm. I need to have social media interaction. I need to, I have an online store basically mm-hmm. to run. And so, um, 
yeah, that is one way to have help. And, and I will say help sometimes is paid and sometimes is your husband who's super supportive. Mm -hmm. I think we both have Mm -hmm. that going for us. And, and I'll say that I don't think that that comes from having a magical husband. Mm -hmm. I I love our husbands. Mm -hmm. I think our husbands are great naturally, but I also think that we've had some I, speaking for myself, at least, I know I, we've had real honest conversations mm-hmm. about what we need from each other mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what help actually looks like and yeah. what it doesn't. And, yeah. um, and probably, you know, what's too much to ask gotcha. kind of a thing. So, And I would probably say you setting the example of how you're prioritizing it and treating it professionally yeah. too. Like yeah. if it's just like a last minute Oh, I need you to watch the right. kids because I got to do right. this versus it's on the like, calendar. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And and just like if it's something that you're clearly valuing, prioritizing is professional to you, then, you know, then your they're spouse... more likely to get on board with exactly. that for sure. Exactly. Um, I will say that I've learned a lot about working smarter and not harder mm. and working in batches. You've taught me a lot about this, <laughs> like, like this recording yeah. in batches. Um, I schedule all... I, I want to get even better at this, but mm-hmm. definitely in my Facebook group, which is kind of my customer group mm-hmm. um, online store for Cenogens, I schedule all my posts ahead of time. Oh, and I'd like to work good. on doing that with Instagram too. Gotcha. Um, so that's one big thing, recording mm-hmm. in batches. And then I have um, certain days for certain things. So like Ooh. Monday is for cleaning up anything from the weekend, like gotcha. sales orders that I need mm-hmm. to get out, whatever, but also like getting things all set for the week you know, um, Tuesdays is team day. So mm-hmm. I try to reach out to my team and make sure I have trainings on those days mm-hmm. that, like in our team page and mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that. So just having like, you can't do all the things every day or you'll yes. just end up doing none of the things. Right. So having dedicated times, whatever I that like looks that. like, whether it's, I clean the bathrooms on, you know, Monday, mm-hmm. I, I definitely consider being a stay at home mom, one of my, mm-hmm. or, or I guess my full-time job mm-hmm. and the rest of it side hustle. Mm-hmm. And so I need to you know, some of the trade-off we've made with my husband making a good salary that I can do that is then some of those household things will just fall to me and Mm -hmm. I'm in charge of them. And so figuring out how to schedule those things in, otherwise Mm -hmm. it just never gets done. Right. Like multitasking is a myth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that is for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think, yeah, this, it's just finding the time is the biggest thing because where it gets tricky for sure is that it's just, it is a myth that you can make a ton of money with a little bit of time. Yes. If you want a CEO paycheck, you need kind of need to work like a CEO. Yeah. Or it's like, if you've gotten to that point, you know, this, the four hour work week mm -hmm. that's so pervasive, that's after years of hard work that you've built something, you've automated it, you've hired it out, and then you can just check in. And that is the exception and not the rule. But then even then you now have, it becomes a full-time job to Mm -hmm. manage that. So it may look different in terms Mm -hmm. of hustle, Mm -hmm. but I think, um, yeah, I, I think that we get so frustrated because we think it should be easier, mm. take less time, and it just doesn't. Totally it takes a ton of time. Even totally people who agree. are like overnight successes, quote mm. unquote, it's like, no, that's after 10 years mm. of shooting yeah. crappy weddings yes. that I didn't want to shoot yes. or, you know. One um, of my favorite things is just it, like any of those that you're comparing yourself to and coming up short, just dig a little bit more. Mm read more about what really went into beforehand. And some people are really open about it and some people aren't. Right. So so in some ways you can find that other people do just want to present, you know, right. it's easy, whatever. Um, but 
I, I especially love it when people are very open and honest about where, where they've come from and, and what really goes into mm-hmm. it. And so, and how many side hustles didn't work out yeah. completely? Like yeah. your Capra Quail story. Right. I sold jewelry for a little while when I quit mm-hmm. teaching and I liked it and I had fun, but I made zero dollars mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I could not even understand a way to make this work. <laughs> and But probably I learned some things from uh-huh. that that now I'm making this successful. So it's just... If nothing else, that you don't want to sell jewelry. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work for me. Um, yeah. Okay. So, how about you? So I feel like this, like just how am I finding time to like do all these things is a question I get a lot. I think especially as I was working full time and then like, I just think it would be this funny thing where someone, I would meet somebody new and you're kind of like, they're learning about you. Like, okay, I work full time. And then, oh yeah, like I have two podcasts and then later they like find my blog and they're like, how are you doing all this? Like this She wakes is crazy. up really early. People. Right. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but I will say that just from the beginning, and you touched on this, each of these endeavors has been something that I want to do yeah. that energizes find me. The time. Exactly. It's not like I put on my list like... Uh, I don't really want to, but I guess I should start a podcast. Yeah. Like it was like I just couldn't you stop could not thinking start a about it. Yeah. Exactly. And so like that's just one indication. Like mm-hmm. a side hustle is something that at first you just are totally willing to do for free a lot a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. The podcast and you probably will. <laughs> you probably do will it for free for a long time. The the blog is that, the podcast is that. Yeah. Um you know, and so I think just kind of knowing your motivations going into it, like you got into Synergence, it was like, okay, this is a way to make money, but also I love the product. I mm-hmm. love makeup. This is so fun. Right. You know, and like, just girly and grown up. Yeah, and, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's, that's just important to note that these things, um, just, I couldn't not do them. It's kind of like the way when you're reading a great book, mm-hmm. you just suddenly, you find two extra hours yeah. in your day. Yeah. And that was kind of how it was. I did have energy to put the boys to bed and stay up and right. write or podcast or whatever it is. So um, I think that like following on that energy and getting that fulfillment from those things, then I started to really schedule time for them. Mm-hmm. So they were part of my just then they become part of regular life and become something that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, this for me looked like, like we've talked about podcasting at 8 PM on a weeknight, Yep, you know, <laughs> I can't believe we did that. And that setting sounds... aside a certain date so that right. we kind of both wouldn't make plans. And yes. that's just like having it very much, mm-hmm. you know, in our calendars. Um, when I was trying to blog much more consistently also in the evening, or I would get up early. I'm talking four 30 or five on a Sunday, mm-hmm. take myself to Starbucks and mm-hmm. go work for three, four hours, mm-hmm. you know? But I mean, it was something I wanted to do, yeah. but that is, that's the reality. There's sacrifice in mm-hmm. a side hustle mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think kind of around that, around the same time too, as we started to get into the podcast and I think just having these creative talks and like both being writers and just being able to talk about that, um, just got me thinking a lot more about the creative habits of others and just seeing how they approach things professionally. Mm -hmm. And I do really credit and I'm so thankful for the people who are open and honest about what that looks like. So someone that I followed, and I think we've both followed for a long time that I will give um, credit to is a Elise Kripe. I started reading her blog just several years ago and she was blogging daily. She's no longer blogging. Um, She created the Get to Workbook that Mm -hmm. I love. But 
I think she has been very just transparent in a lot of ways about just the work that she's put into her creativity Mm. and her creative business. And I think she was just someone that I could relate to in many ways because um, she just kept working at it and it was very iterative. And so it kind of made me see, oh, okay. Like um, I think before I just felt the creative types and kind of the creative industry was just this more mystical. Yeah, I'm so creative uh and it just flows out of me. Bursts forth. And and so seeing that process. I would agree. Yeah, I think was like kind of one of the first times I saw someone being so transparent and kind of like clued me in. Oh, I see kind of what's going on behind here and then finding resources kind of from there. Yeah. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, What have been some of the most valuable things you've learned in your side hustle endeavors? Okay. I will say, and this is, I'm still learning it for Mm -hmm. sure. All of these things, but consistency. Yes. um, Showing up is something that I'm awful at in life in general. And so I think that um, like this podcast for sure, number one is like the biggest example in my life probably about Mm -hmm. how consistency and just showing up Mm -hmm. when you're tired after a long day when you're super pregnant when you're oh my gosh um, emotionally distressed yeah when you are going through an insane adoption like the fact that we just kept showing up Mm -hmm. even no matter what happens from here on out is Mm -hmm. will still remain like one of the biggest life lessons for Mm -hmm. me and like one of the most like I'm so proud of that I am too so I just feel like I've learned a lot about that and and I'm trying very Mm -hmm. hard to Mm -hmm. bring that into other aspects of my life whether it's fitness and Mm -hmm. working out or Um, you know, my business now Mm -hmm. that it doesn't, you cannot base a side hustle on your feelings other than that initial feeling of I'm passionate about Mm -hmm. this. Then it has, then after that, it's really hard because there's a big paradox there. Like Mm -hmm. you have to be so passionate that you do it for free and then you have to take all of the emotion out of it and Mm -hmm. show up when you hate to go. And just keep doing work when it's not fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you realize there's all of this nitpicky, like, taxes and all of the things going on behind the scenes that you didn't realize you have to deal with it is still work everything comes down to work yeah no matter how fun the end product does it looks on instagram there's work going on behind it so it's kind of like what for what end purpose do you want to be doing that unfun work yeah you know? And just like sometimes not even having an end purpose mm. and knowing mm-hmm. that like there's value in the consistency and mm-hmm. in the showing up mm-hmm. and seeing what happens. I like that. You know, so yeah. that's been a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just on a practical level, learned a ton about like how websites work, yeah. social media, yes. um, how to create content uh-huh. um, and visually, especially we're such a visual, mm-hmm. you know, world. Mm-hmm. And so just learning by having to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I have a ton I could still learn and Mm -hmm. there is a lot changing every day in Mm -hmm. that field, but um, learning a lot about that. Um, Definitely from writing my book and even now in this business, which is two very different things, but um, I think I've learned a lot about marketing. Oh yeah. And what it looks like to be authentic in marketing, Mm -hmm. but that also, especially as a woman, I feel like as women, we really look down on Mm self-promotion and we think of it as a bad thing and we don't want to come across Mm -hmm. as pushy or salesy or blah, blah, blah. And I just, I, I've done a lot of thinking lately about, especially being in such a woman heavy business Mm -hmm. right now, like do men 
think this mm. much about putting out their product uh-huh. like that they're going to annoy their readers or their mm. followers or that they're going to mm-hmm. or do they say i've got something cool here right you want it yeah you know and i i just think that that's like we're almost talking people out of buying our things uh, or our, before we even put gotcha. them out there because we don't want to come across as pushy yeah. or so um that's that's one thought around marketing mm-hmm. but also just that like I think we're very hesitant to think about ourselves in terms of like, we have something to offer to someone else Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with telling them about Mm -hmm. that repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, as long as you are doing it in a way that is um, authentic to you. Right. And if you can kind of make it about them and not about you. Yeah. And then also a big lesson in marketing is that no matter what industry you are in or what creative endeavor or side hustle you have, it's going to basically come down to you. Mm, so true. Because we have the ability to create content, yeah. digital content so easily now because of social media. Even if you have a book deal, mm-hmm. you are going to be promoting through your social media channels. Yeah. You're going to be, so you're going to have to get comfortable with marketing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's something that like, and again, I'm not even, I'm starting to get more comfortable mm-hmm. with marketing, mm-hmm. but I've learned a lot about that yeah. with these. Yeah. Um, I'm learning a lot now in Senegence about inventory build and ordering mm. wisely and that whole gotcha. physical product yeah. side of things and yeah. profitability and reinvesting and yep. all the things that you don't have to think about if, you know, right. it's just, it's just different. And I've mm-hmm. definitely learned a few things the hard way and, mm-hmm. you know, not paid attention to what I was ordering mm-hmm. and stuck with 10 of something right. that I can't sell or yeah. whatever. So, um, yeah, learning a lot about that and organization and money and mm-hmm. taxes and all the things. All the things. <laughs> All the things. Um, so my my first kind of lesson, and this touched on what we were talking about, but is that it's not a mystery. It's hard work. Yeah. And, and just kind of going back, like I said, like getting the question, how do you do it? And just some of the, some of the logistics of that. Um, I don't watch television. Mm-hmm. Um, I work on it after I put my kids to bed. Like I said, I might get up early on a Sunday, put in some hours of work. I feel like I'm always, because these are things that are interesting to me, the the writing, the podcasting, the creativity, I'm always wanting to learn about mm-hmm. my craft and like get better mm-hmm. at it. I'm trying to educate myself. Um, and that I've been at it for several years now. Yeah. You know? And so... It's not like I woke up and then suddenly you I know, have all these things yeah, going on. Yeah, exactly. And so I think just like taking all of that into the into context, kind of if someone just from the outside, like I said, maybe it's just meeting me or something. I was like, "How are you doing all these things?" So mm-hmm. It was kind of like you know they kind of built up slowly um, over time, and just kind of like we said before, just there's that startup myth out there. Mm-hmm. Like I had a great idea, and then someone gave me millions of dollars. Right. You know, right. like that's not how it's working Mm -hmm. there might be like one or two stories maybe that fit that but I think usually like I said you go into it a little bit you see all the work that they've put into it all the things that have failed beforehand Mm -hmm. just kind of all of that stuff um I think another kind of lesson um that doubt doesn't serve you just get to work yeah and I think you know, I think we've had conversations about that. And I think in, for me, reading about other writers, other people who are kind of charting their own path or Mm -hmm. these creative things, I think just realizing that basically everyone grapples with doubt. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, knowing that some of these great, amazing writers, um, 
you know, that have like defined their genres and things that they have dealt with doubt, then for me, it kind of, it kind of just helps me know, okay, everyone gets that mm-hmm. where the great writers succeed is they just keep writing anyway. Oh, well, keep, right. Yeah. Keep yep. showing up anyway. And so I think I've done some work on that over time. And now it's something that I think honestly doesn't impact me too much mm-hmm. anymore. And I think maybe just because I've, I've kind of been at it long enough, not that I consider myself like wildly successful, but I am putting out content. Mm-hmm. People seem to value it and respond to it. And so for me, that's just been so validating that I think it just shows me, okay, like keep going. Yeah. And, and yeah, like just doubt is so unproductive. And right. so I think just recognizing it in that way helps me put it aside. Not to right. say that I don't ever experience it, but I'm kind of able to get that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing that maybe... I haven't learned like from personal experience, but that I think about is just that, that there's still time. And I don't Mm. mean that, and I I don't mean that in the week to week, but I mean that I'm very inspired learning about people who find their great success a little bit later in life. Mm -hmm. There's a great interview with Toni Morrison that I heard on NPR. She didn't really get into writing until she was like in her late Mm thirties and like had small children and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, you know, Julia Child, I think, you know, something mm-hmm. didn't start cooking until she was late 30s or 40s or yeah, something. Yeah, you, you assume everybody is like a childhood prodigy yes, at whatever they're doing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I just, I love stories like that. I, when I'm reading a great novel, I'll like flip to the back and look at the author. Like they're kind of like little write up. And I have to say, if they are, <laughs> I was like just reading a book this way, someone who like, graduated from Harvard, then went to Columbia for their MFA and they're like 25 and this is their first novel. I'm like, gosh, darn it. Yeah. I am not inspired by you. I I love it when it's like, they're like, I have to fight against thinking that you have it all together. I love it when they're like 45 or 50 and this is their first novel. And And they like ran a deli for a while or something. (laughs) Those are the stories. Cause I'm like, yes, that could be me. Those other ones can't be me. A hundred percent. I bought that ship has sailed. (laughs) (laughs) um okay so what about I mean I think we've like kind of talked about some good lessons and advice but what advice would you give or resources do you recommend to someone who has a side hustle or might be considering one okay besides consistency is key yeah that's I mean in case you missed that message yep just show up Mm -hmm. consistently over and over um something that really struck me even just listening to you talk is that you at a certain point you have to make a choice Yes. Like where you, you said, like, I, you know, make these choices. I I work after bedtime. I work work wherever. Well, Mm -hmm. at a certain point, both of us made a choice to Mm -hmm. leave our job. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to leave your job. Right. But I am saying that was a big step of taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. Like you are more in control of your life than you realize. And Mm -hmm. not everybody else has all this time. And Mm -hmm. you just don't. That's not how it works. Like you have to make it. Sometimes that might mean quitting a job. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that might mean and deciding that that what you're sacrificing then is your regular income. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I we both had the privilege of being able to do that and still Mm -hmm. feed our families perfectly fine. And for that to be a choice. Yeah. But we still sacrificed Mm -hmm. a good chunk of money Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something else that is kind of a myth that like, oh, well, you just, you have more energy than I do. And you're doing, no, I like gave up a lot of stuff to do this stuff. Right. So that's one thing. Um, Another thing, piece of advice I would say to keep in mind is that it will be all you Mm. for a good long while. Mm -hmm. 
which is both a good thing and a bad thing mm-hmm. because you can make it what you want it to be. Yeah. Um, but also you have to find some balance in your life and mm-hmm. you have to know when it is time to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then I just have a couple things, a couple books that I have found super okay. helpful um, to kind of demystify the creative process, especially. And a lot of, obviously a lot of side hustle involves you have an idea somehow that you want out in the world, right? Or you have a product that you feel strongly about that Mm -hmm. you want out in the world. So um, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield Mm -hmm. talks a lot about that doubt and that resistance, Mm -hmm. he calls it, Mm -hmm. and overcoming that and knowing where you're spinning your wheels and wasting your Mm -hmm. time. Um, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott talks about like just doing the work yeah but she's just funny and entertaining and specifically about writing yes um and then just a quote anything glennon doyle melton writes Mm -hmm. about writing i really love because it's a lot of demystifying Mm -hmm. too and how it's like just brutal sitting in the chair sometimes Mm -hmm. and that you're wringing your hands is the world gonna like this Mm -hmm. blah 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 and she says it's not your business to decide if it's good enough Mm everybody else will decide that Mm -hmm. and what is enough anyways it Mm -hmm. will be good for somebody Mm -hmm. your business is to do the work and put it out there Mm -hmm. and then what let the chips fall where they may Mm -hmm. so i like that i love that um i think one of my first pieces of advice um there is room for you and there's room for your voice and Mm. it's and it has value. And I actually think about a conversation that we had, I think when you were writing your book, maybe or about to publish your book and something about um, maybe advice that you had gotten that, um, you know, it like everything's been done before, essentially, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been done by you. Like, right. I think you gave this example, like, there are already a million kids books about elephants. Right. But there's not one that's written by you. Right. And and that is still valid. And right. there's room for that one. Right. And or I there just would never be more than one. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I just I just think about that. Because, you know, if I'll have an idea, and they're like, oh, someone's already doing it. And they're doing it so much better. And they have like 100,000 more mm-hmm. followers than I do. You know, how mm-hmm. could I ever could this ever be successful? But I think coming back to that, that well, it's never been done by me, like with my voice or whatever spin I would put on it. And if mm-hmm. it's something you want to do, that has value. Yeah. So and I to think, think I, I, to piggyback on that a little bit, to think about the you-ness that you bring to something mm-hmm. and be real specific with it mm-hmm. and know that like what audience you're going to connect with mm-hmm. because of who you are mm-hmm. and go for that and, mm-hmm. and not not be like, well, I think someone might like me, but to really right. be, to hone in on point. that as like you are your biggest marketing tool. Yeah. Right. Um, also I think like you were talking about kind of making that choice, but no one has to give you permission. I think a lot of times we're waiting for permission. And because if you kind of go this traditional route, you know, in college, the teachers tell you what to study and then you get your first job and Mm -hmm. someone's telling you what to do. Most of the time on these side hustles, you're doing all that. How do you want to create your business? Well, Mm -hmm. you get to decide. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you now can make a website in a matter of minutes, just a few hours. Right. No one's stopping you from doing that. You could have a website up advertising yourself as this creative person or selling your art or whatever it is. Certify you to do that. Yeah, exactly. But it feels intimidating because you kind of feel like, am I good enough for that? Mm -hmm. You are. And, Mm -hmm. And I think that 
kind of you go back. I think the the people that are just willing to put themselves out there, um, kind of be brave about it or just have that value in themselves, like mm-hmm. that's how they got started. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that that's really powerful. Um, you know, something as simple as like, in your email signature, you know, putting Mm -hmm. like a link to your website or claiming what you are claiming yourself and just like treating it like treating it really professionally. Mm -hmm. If you're talking to people, you can tell them I'm working on a book, I'm Mm going to start a podcast, you know. Um, So just that uh, I think a lot of times we're kind of waiting for other people to give us that permission and and mm-hmm. you just have to decide it for yourself. Or that I have to be at some certain level before exactly. I talk about it even. Exactly. You know, we yep. literally laughed at ourselves for years. Yes. Like, what are we even doing? Right. When we <laughs> first started getting like emails uh-huh. from listeners that weren't like our mom. Right. We were like, what, <laughs> what is even happening? Right. People, like, who are we that How people they find are us? listening to us? <laughs> yeah. Um. And like I said, just treating it professionally, putting it on the calendar, Mm -hmm. showing up even when you don't want to, just like you would like with a full-time job, Mm -hmm. you know, like you would if you're, if you were getting paid by someone else for it, even when you're not getting paid, treating it just as professionally. And you never will get paid unless you treat it like that when you're not getting paid. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Also finding your creative colleagues. And by that, I mean people who really understand what you're doing and can offer true advice and Mm -hmm. support. Like your mom, your best friends might, you know, think you're so great for doing what you're doing, Mm -hmm. but you're gonna need someone who really understands the nitty gritty, you know, like, and that was what was so exciting when we first started connecting. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you actually understand what a blog is Mm -hmm. and that I might want to do more with it than like just share, you know, what's happening in my family or something like that. And so I just think that's been so invaluable to be able to connect with you. And then we've met people via the podcast and being online in that way. And just makes you feel, uh, I guess, more validated, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, okay, so I'm not crazy. So this is a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> People are doing this thing exactly. that I think I, I right. should be doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a few resources that I would recommend. Okay. So first, some books. Um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I think especially if you struggle with doubt or whether your ideas have value. And we did a book club episode on this. You can even hear us give our thoughts mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. that back in our archives. Um, and two books by Laura Vanderkam. I Know How She Does It, which is especially great for full-time working moms. And then her other book is 168 Hours, which is the number of hours in a week. And she just kind of demystifies this I don't have time Yeah, and just kind of shows you how people really spend their time, how really successful people or people who are being very intentional with their time, kind of their habits. I just really like it for the practicality and the logistics Mm -hmm. of like, okay, you want some extra hours. Here are ways that people find them. So I really like that. Um, I mentioned Elise. You can find her blog at elisejoy.com. And I just think even though she's not blogging regularly now, just some really great archives. And I think especially kind of comparing where she is today versus, you know, go back five years Mm -hmm. and kind of see where that all got started. It's kind of cool to be able to kind of see that journey. And then a few podcasts. So the hashtag am writing just, I think, essential for writers with uh, Jess Leahy and KJ Delantonia. Mm-hmm, and really I just love, they really demystify the writing process. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And it's very cool to hear from their, 
I would consider them very successful writers, but then they just feel so relatable and also just struggle with some of the, you can relate to their struggles. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, how I built this, I love because uh, they're interviewing people from these you know, just brands and companies and products that are so iconic, but then they go into that origin story. Mm -hmm. And there's just not one that has not had a failure or where they nearly lost it all mm -hmm. or just that has been, I think, a resource that has just shown me behind every success story. There is struggle. There mm -hmm. is years of sunk money mm -hmm. of just all or, or of doing it without you know, without knowing there was going to be success. Right. I just always find those very um, inspirational. Um, another one that I really like, I think I've mentioned it before, but the happier in Hollywood with two Hollywood TV writers and producers. And I just think it kind of, again, demystifies this industry that yeah. seems so glamorous that just seems maybe so easy from the outside. So, so I just, out of reach. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really just like hearing about the ins and outs of that. Um, I have another book I thought of while oh, you yeah. were talking too. It's Why We Write 20 Acclaimed oh, Authors yes. on How and Why They Do What They Do. It's just yes. essays. I've read I that mean, too. But people like it's Jennifer great. Egan are in there, Ann Patchett. Yes. Um, just really, really good. I remember reading that too. And yes, just I think so many people talking about the intimidation of the blank page. And yes. it's like, okay, if Ann Patchett, yeah. you know, struggles with writing, yeah. then I'm not going to worry that I'm struggling. Doesn't Stephen anymore. King have a book on writing he does supposed to be it really might even awesome. be called on writing okay and i think they mention it a lot on the hashtag yeah i feel like writing. that's on my list to mm -hmm. read too all right i think that wraps up side hustles but right. let's let's talk about obsessions okay so my obsession you saw it i saw it poking out you this saw it peeking at you do you see okay i'm <laughs> throwing it around i'm throwing it at, it at you so it is a little cactus um like cosmetic linen? bag that What's actually the? I got on Amazon a pack of them to give <gasps> out as like free gifts with oh, purchase because it had the Arizona yeah. flair but the back says stay away from oh, me it's so cute there's prickly cacti so anyways I saw somewhere who's who showed me this somebody on Instagram did this I don't know someone on Instagram had all of their um like cords for traveling, like their mm. iPhone charger, the car charger, mm -hmm. the charger for their headphones, which is oh. like a different little one. Yes. Um, the charger for the girls, Amazon Kindle fires, mm -hmm. which is different. Or sometimes you just need multiple things charged yes. at the same time. So I put it all in a little cosmetic bag Genius. and took it to the beach with me, like to our vacation. Mm -hmm. And then, and I even put like the earbud <gasps> pieces earbud. for my earbuds. Yes. Yeah. That I lost before and then you can't listen to them right so Genius. i'm like why not keep this uh -huh. as a thing that i just put in my purse not just on vacation because i have cords laying all around oh, the yeah. house oh yeah a charger in the bedroom but then i need to send vanessa to go mm. get it so i can charge my phone in the kitchen yeah. and yeah i just this is where they live this now this is genius this is where they live and so. i love too on these utilitarian things like it could just be a Ziploc bag, but right. you're using something cute yeah. that like makes it yeah. fun and then you want to maintain it. Right. You know, this it is like very looks true. so nice. You're like, oh, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I a Ziploc that. bag of cords is like, this is dumb. Why do I have yeah, this? Is ugly. This is ugly. But this is like, it's adorable. I mean, I notice it in your bag. Like, what is that? Tell me more. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's my cords. Peeking out. <laughs> so there you go. It's I my, love it. my cord bag is my obsession. Okay. We will link to that because um, <laughs> I think our listeners probably, I want to get one. <laughs> Okay, so I have two, but I have to mention them. So one, 
I have been loving drinking hot mint tea in the afternoons. And I know this sounds so crazy. I, I know. closed my eyes. I, I closed know. my Take eyes. A minute. Take a minute, Erica. I saw your post about that. I was like, I can't even <laughs> I like know. this post. I don't know I about know. you. I don't quite know how it happens. So I'm still loving my tea that I drink in the morning. It's a mint tea, but it has some black tea. So it has some caffeine. Um, but then I just got some caffeine-free, just peppermint tea. And I think this summer we have all of these swim lesson makeups to use, mm-hmm. like makeup lessons. And I've been trying to do a ton of them plus mm-hmm. it's something to do in the afternoon yeah. so sometimes we've been going to swim lessons like three times a week oh, nice. um and it's this great little we go to this indoor pool mm-hmm. there's like this great parent hangout area with comfy chairs so it's like this 30 minute little block of time little mm-hmm. zen in my afternoon and so I think just one afternoon I was kind of like oh like a cup of tea would just be nice to keep me company and since I'm sitting yeah. inside yeah. it's okay to it's drink hot, so hot tea so yeah it was just so nice that I just started doing that so that's a few days a week for swim swim lessons and it seems like I'm just often running an errand or something in the afternoon it's just like really nice company so I just love it. I just, I can get behind. But how about an iced tea? I, well, I think because I just don't already have the iced tea made. And then I think if it's iced, I drink it so fast. Whereas a hot tea true. does the last sipping, me for a while. Ritual. And it's always mm-hmm. when I'm going to go like be somewhere. And I also, I also started getting allergy shots um, for like seasonal mm-hmm. allergies. Mm-hmm. And when you get those, you get a shot and then you have to sit in the office for 30 minutes mm. in case you have anaphylactic shot. Oh. So handy. Reassuring. <laughs> yes. Handy. <laughs> um, so I've had lots of activities where I have to go and sit for 30 minutes. Oh, okay. It's like the perfect amount of time. Like a cup of tea. Bring my hot tea. It's cooled down enough by the time I'm sitting yes. that I can drink it. Okay. So anyway, I don't well, know. It's working I, for me. I support your tea. I, I support I your tea. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. Okay. So there's one more thing. And it is, I had to talk about it because I'm just still thinking about it. It's a soup that I just made last night. Soup is, and tea. It is I 115 degrees know, here. What is happening? I'm just ready for fall. <laughs> just I'm willing ready. it to happen. I'm ready. I know. <laughs> um, it is a lemony lentil soup, which oh. I just love the name. Yeah. And just like the lemon, it sounded kind of like lighter refreshing or whatever yeah Yeah, i just came across it i couldn't stop thinking about it i'll link to it it's from the food blog give me some oven which i love that name Mm -hmm. and it was so easy it was just like kind of the really basics of lentil soup like the onion the carrots the lentil it did have some really good spices in it um cumin curry Mm. it even had a pinch of saffron so i bought saffron for the first time um and then a whole lemon, like juice of a whole lemon and zest. And it is just, oh, just so good. The lemon is like so bright. Anyway, okay. just really good. All right. Soup and tea. I know. So soup just and tea. On that fall train. <laughs> uh, do you have any neighborhood news? I do. Okay. Tell so me. So the truck neighbor, the neighbor oh. who I always have some sort of service truck parked yeah. in front Block, of my, blocking, blocking your, my driveway. Blocking your driveway. They're moving. What? They have a for sale sign oh up my gosh. on their house. So soon. I know. We've only been there a year. I mean, well, but I guess those trucks problem will be solved. <laughs> problem solved. Now, how likely will that moving oh, truck that will be? Blocking? I mean, I might as well just offer up my driveway <laughs> to be honest, because I can't even imagine how that's going to go down. Uh, but the house is for sale. Wow. Yeah. How interesting. And they own a property management company. So it's their property. So maybe they oh. bought it as an investment oh, interesting. initially only. Gotcha. I don't know. Gotcha. But the whole family lives there. So I, huh. yeah. So on the way well, out. There you go. Hopefully right. the next neighbor will understand the boundaries of the driveway. Yes. Let us hope. Let I, us hope. I bet they will. Well, good luck to you. <laughs> Give us an update. 
Um, okay. I have a kind of funny neighborhood news story. Okay. So there's a house in our neighborhood, a couple streets over. And just through the years, I've noticed it like since we've lived here, when we go on walks or bike rides or whatever, they have this really cool metal sun wall hanging on their front porch. Okay. And I've just always noticed it because it's, it doesn't look like super Southwesty. It yeah. looks, it's kind of like that rusted metal and kind of clean lines. And just, I think here too, like where all the houses kind of look the same, I just feel like you don't see a lot of like house decoration mm-hmm. or ornamentation. So it just always caught my eye like, oh, that's like really cool yeah. and different. And that's like something that I would love. So a few weeks ago, I saw a for sale sign going up in their yard or actually it said coming soon. So I was like, Ooh. And so my thought was if they're moving, maybe, maybe they want to sell that mm-hmm. or just, I don't know mm-hmm. who knows. Um, so I'd been meaning to make a point to like stop by and like talk to them about this weird idea that I had. So finally, I think I stopped by one time and no one answered the door. Um, so I finally stopped by last week, like pulled up, rang the doorbell, someone opened the door. And as I'm trying to like explain, like I've always <laughs> loved this wall hanging and it seemed like you were moving it anyway. Uh, this very nice woman came out and what she finally understood what I was talking about. <laughs> anyway, so it turns out that either her father or her father-in-law makes them. Oh, And so she did not seem interested in selling me that one, yeah. but she took my email and uh-huh. said that she would email him and like put me in, in touch contact with him. With him. Oh, yes. nice. So I am still waiting for that email, but I am very excited um, and just so glad that I did go do that because yeah. I don't know if I could have found it otherwise, yeah. but yeah, just very funny that I was like, Ooh, if they're moving, maybe they want to sell that to Perhaps me. Can I have that? <laughs> yes. That's so funny. <laughs> so anyway, hopefully that will have a happy ending and maybe I will have a similar hanging there you go. on my front porch. There you go. <laughs> All right. I think that wraps up side hustles. I think so. We'd love to hear from you guys about side hustles. If you have lessons, what side hustles you're mm-hmm. hustling on, <laughs> we'd love to hear about it. Um, you can tell us on Instagram. We're Hi Girls Next Door. Um, on Facebook, you can look for the Girl Next Door podcast page. Our website is girlnextdoorpodcast.com. And we love to get your emails at hi-girls-next-door at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. Can I wink on the podcast? (laughs) Clearly not. (laughs) I was with you, but then you winked and I couldn't hold it together anymore. (laughs) I like it. I like it so much.